This is Jim Minns and you're listening to Minimal. My guest this week is filmmakers and brothers Elliot Weaver and Xander Weaver. Elliot and Xander Weaver are independent filmmakers from the UK who I had the privilege of talking to on the 12th of May 2020. So it's a bit of a throwback this episode and we were discussing the release of their film Cosmos which is a fantastic independent thrill ride which I highly recommend everyone jump onto Google, type in Cosmos the film, look it up, watch it during this holiday period. It's something that's definitely worth watching, definitely worth looking after, definitely worth your time especially because of the fact that Elliot and Xander are about to move on to bigger and better things. This was a fantastic chat and I was very honoured that they would grace me with their time and it's a conversation that I'm very glad I saved and I'm very happy to share with you today. So please enjoy independent filmmakers from the United Kingdom, Elliot Weaver, Xander Weaver, discussing the release of their film, Cosmos. Let me be formal, introducing um, Xander and Elliot Weaver, brothers, writers, directors, uh, independent filmmakers responsible for the film Cosmos, which has just been released online everywhere, globally. Yeah, it's available worldwide on video on demand and, and some uh, escort platforms as well. Guys, can I start off by congratulating you both? It's a fantastic achievement of a film that took over five years to make. Can you explain to us uh, how you took you told a, a, a small story with epic ambitions? It looks like it was made in a weekend in terms of the fact that, not technically, just the pace. <laughs> I mean, the, the pace and, and the precision, the excitement that the story unfolds in. It, it, it can't, I don't know how you could sustain that over five years and have such a taut film. How did you wow. achieve it? Well, well, thank you very much. Thank you for a start. That's very uh, highly complimentary. Um, uh, the, I think the... The honest answer, I think, would be the people that we got involved in the film. So it, um, the film itself, like we, we made it effectively with a crew of three. So Elliot, myself, and our, our mom, who came and helped us. Um, and we had a main cast of three and one supporting actor. Uh, and then we had the film composer. Um, so that totals like seven or eight people. And that was it, really. Um, so it was a tiny, tiny team to make a feature film. But the, I think the strength of the group and the personalities made the whole thing possible. And I think it gave us all an energy. So you know, we shot for 55 days um, in 2016, across 2015 and 2016. And after that, it was kind of just Elliot, myself, and our composer working on the movie. But the spirit of the shoot and the spirit of the, the actors brought to the movie kept everything going. And I think to me, that was probably the most important thing, the most important factor in keeping this movie moving forwards and feeling, feeling like it was, you know, meant to be all gelled together. <laughs> yeah. Well, 55 days over the, over the span of a year, roughly, uh, how do you maintain a continuity? You know, uh, cause the beards, the, all three characters have beards in yeah. the film. Uh, I, that's what that's the amazing in and of itself yeah it was i mean some of the um it, it's made easier to a certain degree by like it being set over one night so you're not kind of going what was the costume change here what was the yeah. costume change there so like their clothes are all the same uh, i mean they they their coats come on and their coats come off at different times of the movie and their hair and their beards is really like you say kind of the only thing that we had to maintain but we we um, took continuity photographs and, um, you know, just sort of 
made sure that people didn't over trim their beards and yeah, didn't right. get suntans and all these we, kind of things you know we so, did have a few funny moments yeah. though, where uh, you know, people went on holiday and came back with tans and, and <laughs> you know people came back for after Christmas and they were slightly slightly heavier around, yeah. the, around the waistline so uh, yeah there were plenty of uh, moments like that but uh, there are a few continuity errors in it but yeah. I think if you they're only minor ones so we, we can get away with you know them, them being overlooked they sure are minor because um, I just I've dabbled in filmmaking myself and I just, that was the one thing I noticed was just like, I knew, cause I knew I watched the making of before I watched the film. So I knew the span and the scope. Oh. And so that's what I've picked up on. I'm like, how the hell did they maintain? You know, it's, it's, it's flawless that it does take place in a night. Like you, you, you genuinely believe the sense of urgency that the characters go through. Um, what is also remarkable is that, um, a lot of the film takes place in a car. So it deals with three scientists who are, are, are so entrenched in their in their in their job that they take um, it's it's a vocation for them. They take they take it at night as well. Is it it's their it's their pay job. And it's their it's also their night job, and that's where we as the audience find them. Um, taking place mostly inside a vehicle, you film those scenes in a garage. Is that correct? We did, yeah. So we didn't have like a studio, you know, space, uh, uh, sort of like an official studio space. So we filmed inside a, a, a big garage, a friend's garage. Um, but we used that as a studio. So we did all the exterior, obviously the exterior scenes um, with the car out on a field. And then anything you see inside the car, including the driving sequences, were filmed inside inside that garage with just sort of traditional tricks of lighting and, I love it. and camera shape and stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love the frugality of it. And it really, um, it speaks to, I mean, cause the movie looks a million bucks, but the, the, the story behind it, you know, the production elements behind it really sort of um, tell a tale of what can be accomplished with a bit of ingenuity. Mm. And like, yeah, I think, I mean, there are things like, you know, people say to us, uh, Sometimes we're talking to fellow filmmakers about their projects and we're talking to them about Cosmos. And there are things that people, there are sort of um, oversights that we all have as filmmakers. So they'll go like, oh, but how did you, how did you film, how did you sell the driving sequences of the car driving inside a garage? And you kind of sit there and you think about it as a filmmaker and you go, well, you know, if you've ever seen a film where anyone's in a spaceship, those were fakes in a studio too, you know, <laughs> or anyone was in a helicopter crash or something that wasn't filmed for real. So, and we go like, Oh, Oh yeah, of course. So sometimes there are things as filmmakers that we assume because it can be done because you can get a car out on the road, then that's the only way it's believable. But actually I think there are lots of tricks in filmmaking that we all, that we can turn to and, and deliver quite effective results and, and there are lots of big league directors that for example will film film dialogue sequences in cars just in studios and that's their preferred technique because they have a certain control over it so um, I don't know if you've got anything to yeah I think we, we hope that Cosmos what we're really trying to do with the movie and have tried to do from the start of the process is, is share it with the, the filmmaking community and try and build like a community of like-minded people really and what we're trying to do is we're trying to attract other filmmakers who have that sense of um i guess liberation really which you know we've got all this amazing equipment available these days and everything's been revolutionized and 
it's quite empowering to just go, you know what, I'm going to grab that camera and I'm going to go make a movie with it. Because I think it's very easy to fall into like a, a spider's web of uncertainty when you're a filmmaker and go, well, do I need that camera? Do I need this camera? What software do I need? I couldn't possibly do that myself. And actually so much is, is achievable these days that we hope Cosmos will act to some degree as a bit of an inspiration to others to go like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to make that movie. I will grab my camera. I will get some help from some people and we'll just go and make it happen rather than, you know, feeling like they keep getting told they need this or that or, or that budget or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of where Cosmos came about because we, we wanted to make a film and we, before Cosmos, as, as you know, cause it's explaining the featurette, but we, we had a, a larger project and we keep getting, we kept getting told, Oh, you know, you can't do it because of this or you can't do it because of that. And we wanted to make a film that demonstrated that we could do what we said we wanted to do. We wanted to make a film, but we also got frustrated with um, having to ask permission to be able to pursue something that actually is, is, is within our reach. If you do it, you know, if you're not trying to do some large scale movie. So that's why Cosmos is so contained. And so, um, sort of concentrated because we knew it had to be in order to be achievable if we were going to do it the way we were going to do it. But um, yeah, as Zander says, we just hope it it makes filmmakers maybe take a second look at what they've got and go, actually, even if it's like a short film or a music video or a doc- documentary or whatever it is that they might be putting off, just going, actually, I think I'll go and do it. And, um, you know, that would be a great, a great um, sort of legacy of Cosmos. Really. Certainly would, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And your, your, your writing is really the key to it here because, you, like you said, it's a contained story, right? Yet, yeah. yet you know, it has this broader, the, the story, without spoiling anything, but it, the, the, beyond the story has broader implications. It's, there's a much larger story at play, and this is the surface-level story, if, 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 you, if you know what I mean. We're concentrating on, on the surface level of what could happen mm. beyond. And that's the genius of uh, micro-budget storytelling, really, uh, in your case, Cosmos, because um, uh, it, it makes the film epic, yet the, the production and the, and the elements behind it are quite contained and quite manageable yeah. from a production standpoint. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's great. I mean, it, it plays out in the poster art. It plays out in the music. Your composer has done a fantastic job. Um, but, you know, hats off to your writing as a result of that because you could see the broader scopes. Um, but I wanted to ask you because this is not your first uh, d- dabble into filmmaking. You guys are documentary filmmakers. Do you mm-hmm. believe that that played an element in your production process? So you knew what tricks and, and, and what elements to film to make the story believable. Would you say this is based on your past track record of production work? I think, um, yeah, before we made Cosmos, we, we've made some short films and we've done, you know, like I think most filmmakers, we did some corporate work and things like that. And then for a few years, um, between like 2012 and 2015, we made independent documentaries, as you said, we produced them ourselves and then sold them to TV and things like that. But I, and I think the, what you learn when you are forced to kind of, um, you know, turn up to a location, set up your lights, grab your camera, find the shots and, and interview people and things like that is a sense of like, um, certainty that you can get what you need when, when you're, when you are filming, but also like, uh, without, I don't know, without, it sounds like you're blowing your own trumpet, but a sense of like resourcefulness yeah. you know, where you, you feel that you can make a lot with very little. You can turn up in someone's cramped office and you can 
light it to make it look like it's you know it's nice yeah. and it's nice and things like that. So I think when it came to Cosmos and thinking about what we could what we could do with very little, it felt like that slotted in and 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 was very relevant. It kind of gave us a sense of certainty that actually with the kit that we had, we could pull together some actors and we could make a lot of it really. You know, with yeah. the if we set it at night, we can hide all the the bad bits of our of our set, as it were, you know, our yeah. car, we can, we can bounce light around here and there to give it an atmosphere and we can get some smoke in the background and, and fill it out and make it feel a lot bigger than it actually is. So I think the documentaries did play a part in that sense, but I think the biggest part that they played was in their subject matter. So we, the documentaries were about NASA and the Apollo program. Uh, we've always loved, you know, space science and things like that. So to us, it was a, it was, it was great to make documentaries about that subject, but, it really rolled into Cosmos as a, as a uh, you know, as an inspiration, really. We saw this footage of ground engineers and flight control and uh, the astronauts and how level-headed and cool they were. And we were just like, can we make a movie where scientists take front stage? You know, they're, they're the heroes of the story. So that was yeah. our goal. It kind of helps that the um, the story mirrors your own production process in that it's like three guys on a micro production yeah. <laughs> trying to yeah, get something does. done. You know, we actually um, we showed um, we've got a filmmaker friend Amir, and when he first saw the film, he was like, "You do realise you've made a film about film?" <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "Which means like you know, getting the gear out, your batteries, and all this sort of thing." And we were like, "Oh wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it is interesting, but sometimes that's." It. Um, there's a lot of um, good technical dialogue um, uh, you know uh, just with your background on on documentaries around um, this subject matter did you draw from that to fill out the pages is that where you picked up a lot of it from Um, I mean again with the documentaries uh, that Zam has mentioned we we've received um, a lot of sort of positive feedback from the people we'd interviewed so we interviewed people like NASA engineers and when they saw the finished results, they really um, complimented us on our, our sort of attempt to not dumb down the documentaries, yeah. right? They were, they were approachable, but they weren't surface level. They tried to, to, to dig deep. And so with that positive reference and with that sort of feeling that uh, people respond to that, we wanted to put that into Cosmos where it's this balancing act of it's accessible for the audience. So you, you slowly sort of like massage the audience in and, and not overwhelm them but but it is still grounded in 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 truth so we did a lot of research online and we looked at like what the real procedures would be and we took yeah. terminology and tried to make it accessible but um we were having this conversation the other day actually with someone else and and Xander said that sometimes in movies you know characters can throw around technical dialogue but if if the audience still kind of has a gist of what's going on you know, the audience isn't stupid, so they can put two and two together. So although they might not know what sort of, uh, you know, a particular technical term is, mm. they still know what, what the character means. And I think if you can tread that line where, you know, the audience goes like, well, I, I get what you mean. Mm. Um, and the words sort of just add to the world rather than being important. And I, I guess that's what we try to yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, it must have been a hard um, to balance that exposition. Yeah. You know, like it must have been particularly difficult because, <laughs> the, I, mean, like, well, I mean, I'm assuming that the, that the dialogue is technically accurate and you've just pointed it it's, out. Yeah, that. it's pretty accurate. Yeah, we, we um, 
we had a one of the people we worked with on the documentaries. Uh, he came to the premiere that we had in the UK, and he was a he's a space scientist. And we were really worried. We were going like, oh, you know, ah, I hope we've you know, hope this is accurate. I hope he's not going to walk out and say nonsense. Yeah. But he loved it, and he he, he said we'd captured the, the the sense of camaraderie of the astronomy community, awesome. but also that the science was accurate and. And we've had people sit who've seen it and they've gone online and Googled some of the stuff that's in the film and they've, oh, I had no idea yeah, about cool. that. That's so cool. And you've really inspired me to get a telescope and things like that. So like, that's just wonderful to hear, really. We do yeah. hope that people watch the movie and maybe, maybe consider going out and having a look at the night sky <laughs> themselves. Brilliant. Tell me more about your composer because the music is fundamental to this film. It is, absolutely. I mean, again, the, the Cosmos itself as a story is... It's sort of a love letter to the movies that we grew up watching as kids, you know, that made us fall in love with movies. And that era of cinema was very sort of warm and uh, sincere and uh, and the music reflected that. So, you know, lots of John Williams and lots of James Horner and all, all these incredible composers. So in order to, to evoke that similar tone, like you said, we knew the music needed to really be part of the storytelling um, and so we actually had two, two friends came on board the project early on and wrote some concept themes for the film, um, which we used to help pitch to the actors and we used to help shoot on set. We'd go like, listen to this music. This is kind of what we're thinking. Oh, I got it. Okay. I can look at the sky in a, in a sort of wistful way. <laughs> um, but then when we went into post-production, those two mates, they, they, they had other jobs and they couldn't commit. So we found this composer, Chris Davey, who he just he blew us away we mm. we sent him a concept piece and he sent us back like within a day like oh well this is kind of what i do with it and we just gelled immediately and and he we worked with him for three months pretty much solidly and we worked with him remotely actually like this because he lives in a different part of england right. so we we worked through computers but he he's such a talented guy and he's so he's been writing music you know playing music since he was a kid and he's about our age so he's got so much experience yeah and we would sit with him and go okay chris in this moment we kind of want i guess this is a traditional composer director relationship i wouldn't know i haven't done it before but we go <laughs> you know we want uh sort of something dramatic here and he'd be like oh okay you know what about this and we'd be like what oh, that, that's fantastic you know run with it and, yeah. and it would be this back and forth uh, experience where we would inspire him and, and then he would create something. And sometimes he'd write cues, for example, and we'd be like, Chris, that's stunning, but it's not right for here. But that would, that's going to work perfectly here. And he'd be like, whoa, I never thought of that. So yeah. it was quite an open relationship, but he's, he's, we worked with him in 2017. And since 2017, he was just like, he now writes trailer music and yeah. he's written trailer music for like Avengers Endgame and, and he's, writing bespoke tracks for Hollywood movies. And he's just gone from strength to strength. And he's one of those really nice, extremely talented guys. And, and what he brought to the film, I think, again, like you said, there's this grander, um, grander sense to the film beyond the car. And I think the music helps sell that. I reckon he's, that. Your, he's, your, he's your fourth character. 
Yeah, 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 that's totally. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it just it made the film huge. I, I and I and I, I couldn't separate the music from the film as a result oh, because because okay. the, the the palette that he had to play with was not just the epicness of of uh, without spoiling anything for the audience. Um, there are some <laughs> discovery scenes that really needed to yeah. sell in the music, but there's also some thrilling elements at the end that needed to be on point as well yeah 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 very very much so he did he did he brought so much life to it and it wasn't really until we started laying the music in uh that we were going like yeah i don't know i I think this might be good you know at least uh, (laughs) what we think is good we 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 really wanted like the goal with the movie was to kind of tell make a movie that felt like it was um felt like it was like a mini blockbuster really it Mm. it, it doesn't have the scale of some big Hollywood movie. It doesn't have the budget and then this, that, and the other. But, like, at its heart, it feels like it's kind of punching above its weight and it's like, I could, I could be a blockbuster. Yeah. And, um, and, but, but there's something kind of endearing about it because it's really just a very small movie about three guys in a car, but they are dealing with this larger idea and this larger concept. So, yeah, the score really played into that. And um, some people some people watch the movie and they go, oh, you know, it took itself too seriously and it, the music got very big and all this kind of stuff. And we say, no, it's actually the exact opposite. The movie doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows that it's something small. And so we want to kind of celebrate and punch above the yeah. weight of the movie and go, you know, we this is like a mini indie blockbuster. Yeah, yeah I mean, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Look, I would never... I, I, you think of a film like Back to the Future and it's a small film. It's a small scaled yeah. film. And if you take the soundtrack away, like you would have co- Cosmos, you have a completely different film that yeah. doesn't, wouldn't stand up as strong. You know, no, it's, I, it's, agree. It, I think the soundtrack has done so much for the film. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. We're very, I mean, one of the things we get a lot is people go, Oh, I went on to YouTube or I went on to Spotify and now I sit and listen to your yeah. soundtrack. Which yeah. They're going, Oh, wow. I mean, it's awesome. Crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. That's so good. It's so good. Uh, can I ask, uh, is Space Cab you guys, the podcast? No, Space Cab is actually a real person. So when we were writing the script, we were like, we could, we could, we were somewhat inspired, well, heavily inspired. Like we love Steven Spielberg as a, yeah. as a just a caveat. We're a big, big Spielberg fans. I can't, we believe, can't imagine. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never gave that away. <laughs> Gosh, that's a compliment. Um, <laughs> And uh, we, we, we're big fans of the first movie he made called Duel, um, yeah. which is a movie about a, a man in a car being chased by a truck. But the film opens with um, the character driving out of the city and he's just listening to the radio. Mm. And when we were writing Cosmos, we were like, you know, we, we can't open with a whiz-bang pop hook of a movie. You know, we don't have the money to do something bold. Um, this is a slow burn film. How are we going to start it? And we were like, you know what? Like, maybe we could open it with the with the guys listening to the radio, listen to a podcast. It would set a lot of the tone. We, we could set the tone. We could set the scene. They, he could be talking about astronomy, and people would go, "Ah, oh, okay, I think, I, yeah, got it." Um, so we set about trying to find like a, a podcast online, and we came across this this guy called Mike Kaletta, and he runs an actual podcast called Space Gab, and he's such a character, and he has such passion for it. And we were like, we've got to we've got to reach out to this guy. We've got to ask him if we can use his podcast. And he said, no problem. Awesome. And, and it's been absolutely wonderful and he loves the movie. But if people want to listen to, you know, a podcast about space and <laughs> astronomy, then they could, they could do far worse than checking out Space Gab because he's got such a like in, uh, infectious enthusiasm for, uh, for stargazing. So yeah. 
Yeah, and we included that. I think on um, I don't know if it's on Spotify. Yeah, on Spotify you can listen to the actual podcast that's in the movie. Like, yeah. Oh, awesome! Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for thing, yeah. that's great. That's great. Um, and so, how's the the release of Cosmos been? Uh, when when did the film officially get released? The film was officially released uh, November eighth last year, so yep. it's coming up to being about you know six months out now, and. Um, Quite honestly, we're we're blown away. Like we're yeah. we're a small little film made by a group of friends in the UK, limited resources, and you know your hope is that you you make a film that some people will find and enjoy, and, and hopefully it'll just speak to them. But we there has been this uh, steadily growing support for the film from people just going, "I found your movie. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I watched it and I loved it, and and then I." checked out online and I can't believe the story, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, some people it's not for them, but we, we were, we, we, we miss in a way, um, that warmth that's in, that used to be in movies. Like it's in, it's in many movies still made, but one of our concerns was like, I wonder if Cosmos is sort of out of its time now. I wonder if people don't really want this hopeful, thing anymore anyway that's what we want to make so we're going to do it but what we found is that people have really embraced it and particularly in the time that we're facing now you know we're getting emails from people going like i i really needed this i really needed to sit for two hours and just be hopeful and and people have said like at some point i thought you were going to twist it and it was going to get dark and something was going to happen but it didn't and i'm i'm so pleased that it didn't and so yeah. it, it, it's it's come out on all these platforms and people are slowly discovering it and um, we're just thrilled really. We couldn't ask for much more. Yeah, I mean the whole, it sounds really corny and everything, but it was like, a, it was a dream, you know, this this experience because we've, we've worked with people who have now become so close and, and mm. we're such a close knit group now. And the movie, when it got, it got picked up for distribution and it got, uh, like a Hollywood premiere that we flew over to LA and experienced together as a group. And we'd come from like a garage, you know, filming in a <laughs> yeah. garage, filming in the woods. And there we were like in Hollywood. And it was, it wasn't like an enormous thing. It wasn't obviously a blockbuster event, but to For us, us it, was. it was just so special. <laughs> and, and, That's and good. we shared that. Yeah. Mate, and, and, it's such a rock and roll film. I mean, I, I don't understand. Like it's, it's so it, like, and like you said, it's the perfect time for a film like this because yeah. you, in many ways as filmmakers, um, you're dealing with an audience who are exhausting their resources yeah, and they've got yeah, nothing yeah, but yeah. time on their side. Yeah. You know, and they can yeah. come, you know, come across a movie like Cosmos and actually yeah. give it a go. I mean, like one of the hard parts about indie films is please give my film a go. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, now, we are, we're hearing that. Yeah, like, like people are, they're saying exactly that. They're going like, you know, came across this film on Amazon or Tubi or something. Yeah. You know, I hadn't heard of it, but I thought I'd check it out. And yeah, I think in ordinary circumstances, mm. I think it would be a lot harder for, to convince people to try out new movies, really. They'd yeah. Stick. Yeah. No, I think, you, I, think, I think it's great. Great time for you guys. Yeah, it's great. Um, so what's next? Are you guys telling me you're doing another one, right? What's going on? We're, we're <laughs> going to try, yeah. Um, Good. Hopefully we'll do it slightly differently. Our plan is to sort of take that leap up and, uh, you know, dig our teeth into or dig our claws into, uh, you know, budget and work with the team. Um, so we're developing some ideas. We've got, again, a range of scales. Um, 
Um, but yeah, we've got we've set our mind on on a, another project that we're sort of about to start writing up, and it's uncertain times at the moment. Again, like you know, when's it going to be? When are we all going to open up so we can produce something? But we are also weirdly, it's really odd because up until like February, we were going, okay, you know, we can roll out into the world now and we don't really want to make a film like the way we made Cosmos again because that was hard work. Um, <laughs> Bad actually, now, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the world is, is, is isolating and, and locked down, we're looking at the way we made Cosmos and we're like, actually, we might be some of the few people out there with our experience of Cosmos that can make a movie in lockdown mm-hmm. and, and hopefully lockdown won't last that long. Yeah. But if it does... Uh, or if there is this sort of dance between what can happen and, you know, filming permits and all this sort of thing, um, who knows? So we, we do have another quite contained movie that we're working on, um, which is a step a step up from Cosmos. But, yeah, we're just, we're just um, in development and quite excited to see what we can explore next. And But still stay within the realms of sci-fi because we love it. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything more to yeah, that. Well, we, our original plan was to... Um to get back out to America like late spring the goal was to get out and start pitching and having meetings and all that kind of stuff and then obviously you know this lockdown's come and but I think it for creatives I think it things like this moments like this pose really interesting challenges and I think you end up coming up with new ideas you never would have and exploring potential routes that you never would have and everything so um, I think as long as you can keep keep that kind of uh drive for creativity uh, in moments like this there's always a way to go and there's always an option and uh yeah it's quite a it's quite an inspiring moment really to just go mm. actually i know that's the plan and you can always come back to that later but what else could you do how else could you approach this? We, we say a lot that we're very envious of like animators because yeah. in this moment mm. if i if i knew i mean xander knows a little bit of animation but man, those people, they can create movies and yeah. shorts and content and they could like yeah. really rise up in this moment where they can create amazing animated shorts, features or whatever and yeah. they don't have to leave office spaces and stuff. So um, it's a very interesting time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, I, I'm looking forward to the next movie. I had a really great time watching Cosmos. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, thanks for making it. It was really great. And I just want anyone who's watching this to know where to go to watch it. So can you tell us, you know, is there a short website or something like that that we can just click on? I'll put the link in the description, but what's the, what's the, the, low, and the low down on that one? Uh, if you go to cosmosmovieofficial.com, um, there's a tab on there that says where you can see the film and you just select your country and it will show you. Um, but otherwise, if, you know, if people are interested, they can reach out to us on social media, just search, you know, for Cosmos 2019 yeah. will pop up and um, we always answer any questions anyone has so if it's filmmaking related or anything just send them over yeah look it's a great film you guys are great filmmakers congratulations on Cosmos and thanks for spending some time with me today in lockdown oh, appreciate well, it thank you so much thank for taking you. the time to watch our film and yeah, no problem. Opportunity. thank you you too guys have a good one